Alright, welcome to Sports with a Cuppa. I'm Jonathan. Cheers. <sighs> okay. More of an NBA-centered episode, per usual, but... Because there's a lot's going on, a lot has happened since the uh, last time I got on here. Draft has come and gone. Went fairly as expected, not real exciting. A little disappointing because Portland didn't do anything with number three. But now free agency has kind of come and gone. The moratorium period's over, so now deals are just... The known deals are getting finalized, which is cool. But I want to start with kind of just some thoughts on some things that I liked. Some things that some teams are doing that are are good. And then there's a couple of disappointing teams out there. But let's start with the good. And it pains me to even say it because I'm a Spurs fan. This is probably illegal. But the Mavericks are having a nice offseason. I'm not going to lie. Um, they understood what they're lacking, and they, they, they made, they did their best to go and address those. Uh, picking up Rashawn Holmes from Sacramento is a decent pickup. Uh, drafting Derek Lively, so now they've got some depth and options at the five spot. Picking up Grant Williams. Really good 3 and D guy. Playoff tested. Nice pickup for them. And then Kyrie. Really a re-signing out of necessity. They really didn't have a choice. They had to re-sign him. I didn't agree with re-signing him. I still don't. But I understand that they just had no option. They had to. And most people are saying that Kyrie didn't have options. I don't truly believe that, but it is what it is. He's a Maverick for a while. Now we get to see a full season of the Luka-Kyrie combination with Grant Williams. Jaden Hardy's looking good in Summer League. Or in the offseason, I'm not sure if they were in Utah. But they're saying that he's looking good. So... I wouldn't put them in the upper echelon of the West if, you know, completely healthy and working. But, you know, maybe they could crack the crack the top six. Maybe. That's pretty much where I had them last year, too. But it didn't work out. The Lakers. Again, this is probably not proper for me to talk about as a Spurs fan. But you had a great run. Just ramp against the better team. Keep the band together. And that's what they did. Rashawn uh, Hachimura, back. Austin Reeves, back. D'Angelo Russell, back. Really nice. Added Gabe Vincent, who had a really nice playoff run. Added Jackson Hayes. Really nice athletic big man to add. I have to go double check, but I think he's actually improved his three-point shot. Some. So that's a nice pickup for them. Um, a much better outlook going into this season than last season. OKC, I like that they didn't sell off Shea Gildress and they didn't try to overuse salary cap or anything. Picked up Oladipo, whether they can keep him or not, we'll see. But they just had to sit there and get Chet Holmgren uh, healthy, and now they got to keep him healthy. 
uh, be really interesting to see the kind of what kind of jump that team can make with him healthy and the, the valuable experience the rest of the team gained last year. Um, Houston, kind of an enigma. You basically signed a, a whole new backcourt in Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks when you already had Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. So it'd be, they're going to have some pretty funky lineups. I think they're going to have those nights where they look amazing, and they're going to have nights where it's like, man, they screwed up royally. But a solid coach in Ime. Just got to get the guys to buy in on both ends, like I had been saying, and see how that mix of youngsters and veterans plays out. And can you keep Dylan Brooks in check? Sacramento, really disappointed. Now, in fairness, I do love the Chris Dorte pickup. Liked him coming out of college. Still like him. But you didn't address your big man situation. You do, you resigned Alex Lynn, who was nice. But you got royally exposed against the Warriors when it comes to rebounding. There's nothing wrong with your offense. You can hang with anybody. But what are you going to do when you run up against the Warriors again? Kevon Looney out-rebounded your entire team by himself. What happens if you run into them again? What happens if you run into the Lakers with Anthony Davis and Jackson Hayes? The Nuggets with Aaron Gordon and Joker? Joker literally out-rebounds teams by himself. What are you going to do when you can't win rebounding battles? Now, granted, Keegan Murray dropped 41 the other night. He's poised to have a big year. But if he's not committed to rebounding the ball at the stretch four spot, Sacramento will have a nice year, but then they will get exposed again. So I do not like what they have done so far this offseason as far as addressing problem areas. But if Keegan Murray improves on that end of the court, an internal solution is always a nice one. So now we still have a couple of big stories evolving, if you will. I'll start with James Harden because that's kind of... I don't want to say the simplest one, but less complex, if you will. If I'm if I'm Philly, if I'm the owner of the 76ers, I'm telling my guys, look, if the Clippers are the only team interested in him, which is understandable because at this point James is just he's not a winner. Not, I mean, he just doesn't contribute to winning. He got to play with the MVP last year and they've they lost I mean, there's no other way to to put that. But if the Clippers, who I imagine are probably pretty desperate to add anybody and everybody, if you can pick up, I know they're not interested in trading Man, but if you can pick up Man and Powell and a first round pick at least, I take that. I know it's not a great package, but as far as total asset wise. 
But man and pal would be really nice um, depth additions to that squad. But he has Maxi, Harris, and Embiid. They picked up Mobamba the other day. So some some real good quality depth around that core group. And they can compete with Boston, Milwaukee, and Miami. And if they do complete that trade, the next thing I do as the owner is I file I fire Daryl Morey. I'm sorry, but this dude doesn't know how what he's doing. I mean, I get it. James Harden's your favorite player, but you went into Philly and you sold the farm for him, and now you're gonna get very little in return for him if you can't come. That's why he's out there trying to convince him to stay because he knows. This is a job-losing moment here. And rightfully so. Damian Lillard. That's the big one. Okay. I completely understand. Let me preface this by restating what I've said over and over again. Damian Lillard is my favorite player outside of the Spurs. Hands down. I completely understand why Dame wants to change the scenery, wants to go somewhere else to compete. Portland just isn't going to compete for a while. Okay, understandable. And that's not Dame's fault. They just didn't build a good roster around him. They didn't bring in the winning pieces. They stuck with the C.J. McCollum pairing too long. They've stuck with Nurkic too long. I And I love Nurkic as a person. But at the end of the day, there's... There were other quality big men out there that they could have brought into that team instead of paying Nurkic. So this is that Portland organization. It's their own doing, not building a winner. That's on the front office, not Dame. The timing of this is not great. Simply because Dame has no leverage. All these other guys he's been watching get traded to good teams had leverage. When you don't possess a, a no trade clause, you have no leverage, and you have a you're you're in the second year of a massive five year extension. Like you should have left when you had the option. And I get it. And to his credit, he wanted to be loyal. But if he had just stepped back for two seconds and taken a look at the landscape, free agent market, and everything else, he would have seen that there wasn't really a lot of hope to compete for a title there. It's no one's fault. They just they mistimed certain moves, and then they're and they're just an inability to or an unwillingness to make other moves. I don't know. And I just don't like how this is playing out in the media. Because that's the only way he can gain any kind of leverage is to put public pressure on Portland, the organization. Demanding a specific team. Trying to make them look bad. Saying that players are watching the way Portland treats him. First of all, that's a stupid statement. Yeah, I'm sure some guys might be looking at it and be like, oh, you know, if I ever was a free agent, I'm not signing with, I wouldn't sign with Portland, no matter what kind of money they're throwing me. Okay, if, all right, good for you. 
but Portland is now entering a rebuild. High-priced free agents are not the order of the day. They're not going to be someone they need going forward for a while. So they're going to be building through the draft. Those 16, 17, 18-year-old players right now, top prospects over the next few years, they're not paying attention to this. They're kids. They are wrapped up in their own stuff. They're not watching this. How do I know this? Because most prospects during their interviews, when asked about the teams and rosters, they don't know anything about teams and rosters. They don't pay attention. They don't follow it. They're not on their phones checking Bleacher Report for updates. They don't care. They're in their own world. So how Portland handles this situation is really not going to have much of an effect on them going forward. People, I think, are overblowing that. And plus, it's hypocritical because how can you as a player stand there and say, well, I understand what the team's trying to do. It's a business, and I understand it's a business. Do you? The the people in the Portland front office, they got an obligation to the franchise and to that city and to those fans to get the best possible package for you. Miami just doesn't have it. At the end of the day, it's really not Miami trading for Dame. It's Miami trading Tyler Hero and Portland taking whatever Miami's getting in return plus some. And that is probably not going to be good enough. I mean, on paper, it really isn't. But it's probably going to be something Portland will have to accept at some point just to move on it's not about optics anymore it's just a matter of just being able to move on and now dame wants portland to go have a meeting with miami and have meaningful negotiations unless they obtain new assets before that what is there to negotiate I just, I hate the way they're trying to force their way to Miami. Even if he does get there. Think about this. Miami lost Gabe Vincent and Max Struess. Two important players from their ti- from their finals run. Plus, they're going to have to give up players to get you. And once they get you, they're only going to be able to do vet minimum deals. That is, That may be okay, but it may not be good enough to be able to compete with Boston and Milwaukee. And New York's hanging around, Cleveland's hanging around, Atlanta's hanging around. Just because they're adding you, a fantastic all-star, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a cakewalk to the finals. I'm just saying. There's other teams out there that can put together good packages and still be very competitive with you. But I just I don't like how people are trying to badmouth the organization like that because they're they don't want to appease the player. The player doesn't have leverage. They signed a big contract. It is what it is. Overall, both he and Harden they're gonna get traded at some point. 
and they'll probably get what they want to an extent. But who knows? All right, Summer League is up and running. We've had California Classic. We've had Utah, and we're about to start Vegas. Didn't get to catch much of Utah. I know Trey Man had a monster dunk for OKC. That was pretty cool. Did watch the Spurs, of course. But got to see Brandon Miller's first game as a pro. And there's things to like, for sure. The dude's going to shoot the ball a lot. I just wonder how quickly he can develop the rest of his offensive bag. Because outside of shooting from three, didn't see a whole lot else. Uh, I believe we're playing them again tomorrow, so maybe he'll show more. But... You know, uh, he's got great size, and he's going to add more muscle to that body. I'd like to see him post up when he's got mismatches and use that size. Good ball handler showed some flashes of playmaking, but I just hope he doesn't rely too much on the three. Hood Shafino for the Lakers showed some nice things. Max Christie's. I think going to be an important player going forward for the Lakers. He can really shoot the ball. Good size, too. Can really shoot the ball. I like him. But as far as the Spurs, a uh, lot to like. Um, I'm not one to get overly excited about guys dropping 30 pieces. It's nice. Winning's always nice, too. Champagne, I think... It just looked like a guy that was free. Wasn't worried about a contract or a roster spot. You know, got that new four-year deal coming his way. It became official today. So he's able to go out there and just play free. Let it fly. Yeah, and the biggest thing was he did it game one, and then he turned around and did it game two. It's one thing to have a great game. It's another thing to have multiple good games. That's how you make rosters consistency Dom Barlow really good first game but you know Kai Jones who I really like not the most disciplined defender relies on his athleticism so Dom kind of took advantage of that and game two didn't score really he only had like two points but still did a lot of nice things a lot of effort on rebounds defending the rim and I tell you what, when he gets switched onto wings and guards, he gets down a defensive stance and he defends. No one gets an easy bucket dealing with Dom. Now, can they still take advantage of his inexperience, get him off his feet? Sure, but he has fantastic versatility. And the biggest jump is similar to his, the jump he made at the end of last season. Just playing more instinctual and not thinking your way through the game. And he's looking more comfortable with that experience. Um, not sure if he'll gain a r actual roster spot right away. We still got some things to figure out. I think we're actually at 16 on the main roster so far. So they got, um, I believe they can have it up to 17 going into training camp. And then they got to cut it down, something like that. 
But even if he gets a two-way to start the season, with the way the roster fluctuates through this building process, he could easily do what Massey did last year and earn a full uh, legit contract at the end of the year. He could easily do that. Uh, Malachi didn't play game one, played game two, dropped 32. Looked really good. Showed some showed some ups on a dunk attempt. Still, the shot selection was a little iffy, though. Um, he's still finding himself attempting shots that he just probably shouldn't. Um, if he doesn't have the airspace, he really it it's really hard for him with that flat shot to get to not get blocked. When he gets space, pull up mid-range, open threes, I mean, you, I, I have a lot of confidence that he's going to make those shots. And he attacks the rim well. But when he's trying to go one-on-one off the dribble, that's just not his strong suit right now. And I think the scouting on him is just stay in front of him and take away his airspace. So he needs to just keep improving the shot selection and knowing when you've got good space or not. Uh, Blake Wesley. I think there's there's been some improvement. He's his main asset is his speed. He is so damn fast, and he's looking a lot more under control. His shooting is still leaving a lot to be desired, but his finishing is looking a little bit better. Uh, there's one play in particular against Charlotte. I believe uh, he was driving left, and if he goes up with his left, uh, Kai Jones would have destroyed it. But instead, he cuts off Kai, goes up, and draws the foul. He could have finished. He sh- probably should have finished. But it just shows that maturation process of knowing who you can really challenge at the rim and who you can't. And finding another way to either get draw fouls or protect your shot. And that just comes with playing and experience and trying different things. Uh, but his pull-up mid-range was looking really good. Free throws are looking good. His defense is there. The only thing I would ask him to do is clean it up a little bit when uh, guys are attacking the middle off the wing. And he kind of, instead of just having his hands up and moving his feet and trusting his feet, uh, sticks a hand out and creates contact, kind of reaching across his body. And picks up fouls and potentially and ones. And that's the kind of thing that Pop's going to hate. That's going that's gonna to keep you on the bench. Is drawing those silly fouls that you pre- you probably shouldn't. Because he's quick enough to stay in front of guys. Most, of the, most guys in this league. But just kind of get your hands. Someone else had that problem. I can't remember if it was Derek or if it was Lonnie. Somebody kept doing that reaching across. That crossbody reach in. I think even Jeremy had that issue too. Just move your feet, keep your hands up, trust your athleticism to keep you in the play, and not draw those silly fouls. As far as roster construction goes, we've picked up some guys through trades, helping other teams out. C.D. Osman, Lamar Stevens, Reggie Bullock. Who we keep, who we don't. That remains to be seen. 
Would I be mad at any of those guys staying? Absolutely not. Reggie Bullock is a quality 3&D player. C.D. Osmond's a quality 3&D guy. Lamar Stevens is a nice young prospect, good size, good athlete, decent shooter. Could be kind of a Kata-based D-up replacement. Shout out to Kata. Hope he gets to compete deep into the playoffs with Phoenix and show them what he's capable of. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, Black Rifle decaf is very, very good. But could we still find a way to add guys through helping out in trades like Dame? That's possible. I mean, the big name is Tyler Hero. And I, I will say this. I'm definitely not against acquiring Tyler Hero. 6'5", 195 guard. He was an all-rookie team member. Former six man of the year, averaged 20 points a game last year, plus four assists and five rebounds. He has shot over 36% from three his whole career. Last year almost shot 38% with eight attempts per game. Think about that. 38% on eight attempts a game. Now I get that's how Miami plays. They shoot a lot of threes. But that's pretty ridiculous. So this guy's a bucket getter. And he's only 23 years old. So he still fits the timeline, if you will. Now the contract's, a, I mean, it's not horrible. It's big, but it's not horrible. Considering the kind of extension Devin's probably going to get. I mean, Devin's gonna, not quite going to be that, what Tyler's got. But it's going to be close. So I'm not against an acquisition of Tyler Hero. And we know Pop loves his 20-point scores. You know, he he got DeMar DeRozan. And look at, the, look at the growth DeMar had in his overall game when he came here. Now imagine getting a Tyler Hero who's younger and can actually shoot. Sure, he doesn't, he doesn't give you a lot on the defensive end, but a solid three-point shooter... 20-point getter. I'm, I'm not against that. But bringing Trey Jones back was the overall right call. Going to give him a couple years to see what he can do with Wimby. And we'll see who else... What else happens with the roster. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even be shocked if we were pretty much done and just figuring out who's getting bought out and or who might get moved for a pick and whatnot. I wouldn't be surprised if we were just done. And I'm alright with that. We basically brought the band back together, re-signed Mamu, which was a nice, cheap contract too, but just really loved watching his game out there with our guys. So I'm glad he's back. Victor plays his first summer league game tomorrow. I have no expectations for it. I hope he plays well. Would not be surprised if he struggled shooting. There's just so much going on. Sold out crowd. Security's slapping Britney Spears. I mean, there's just so much going on. I just, I hope he shows out well. But I wouldn't be surprised if he struggled at least game one. 
So nobody go overboard if he shoot plays horrible and start saying, oh, we shouldn't have even drafted him. Don't start that crap. But don't get overexcited if he goes off either. Like just flow with it. Just go. Let's just enjoy the journey. It's only summer league. Doesn't count for anything. In my opinion, he shouldn't even be there, but it's whatever. And let's let's see how the rest of this summer goes. But that'll do it for this edition. Appreciate you listening. Follow the show on Twitter if they haven't shut it down and just everything gone to this threads crap.